worse than the second Mission Impossible. What? <laughs> Where do we start? The biggest thing I'd like to know is whose idea was it to make the Mission Impossible franchise into a cheap slapstick comedy? What? <laughs> what about this movie? Did this person watch and think that? The Dubai stunt was so over-the-top unrealistic <laughs> that it's just Tom Cruise saying, look at how cool I am. Why can't it be both? Yeah, right? <laughs> at the same time. Yeah. I'll take John Woo's Mission Impossible any day. Oh, my gosh. No. It is a fun film, but oh, hold on. No, 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 no. <laughs> that was a one-star review from IMDb. Hello and welcome to Spoilers Intended, a podcast <laughs> about series and films. Yes. I am your host, Andrew, joined as always by Ryan. Are you thinking about the doves from Mission Impossible 2? <laughs> the, bu- the, the discount doves? The yeah. budget doves. The, the, the pigeons? Because <laughs> I was. I'm here. Hey, how's it going? And Steven. Just like that, with a burst of pigeons, I've arrived. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man. Uh, This week, we are discussing the fourth film in the Mission Impossible franchise, Mission Impossible Ghost Protocol. There's no four tied to this. Tom Cruise is actually very happy that there was no number tied to this film. You know, that's a good point. I didn't think about that. They they don't have a number in there. It just became a a subtitle. Because he wanted each Mission Impossible film to be its kind of own episodic thing. You know, he's messed up, though, because he's he's, at this point, we're getting, we're winding up, right, for Dead Reckoning Part 1. You brought the numbers back, Tom. What are you doing? (laughs) That was probably studio meddling. Oh, oh, no. It's all downhill (laughs) from here. (laughs) Uh, So, this is uh, the fourth in our series of Mission Rewatchable, as we are, I've already alluded to, going up to Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning Part 1 Glossary 4 Appendix 7. So in our in our <laughs> exe. Yeah, in our lead up to that, we are basically doing every single Mission Impossible film that has come out before it, so six of them to be exact. It's quite a task. We're, yes. we're actually, I mean, this is this we're is get, number four. We're, yeah, getting, we're, pretty we're getting pretty close. Yeah, yeah. So these are a little bit different than our normal reviews. We don't break it down into spectacles, more of just a roundtable discussion. Spoilers yeah. right from the get-go. So you've already you, been spoiled. You didn't know it. <laughs> you didn't even know it. <laughs> yeah, if you haven't seen this film and you want to go see it, definitely go watch it. It's honestly pretty it's fantastic. Pretty great. I, I like it a lot. Uh, but yeah, so spoilers are rife. Just gonna be roundtable here. We're not gonna even do an opening topic. We're just gonna talk. <laughs> About Ghost Protocol, so I'm curious. Initial thoughts. What are your What are your thoughts? I, I think this is one of the best action movies of that decade, from oh, like hun- 2010 till 2020. I can agree. Yeah, uh, I remember seeing this in, in theater and being like, because I I was a little lukewarm on three uh, when I saw it. Yeah, because it's J.J. Abrams, it a little was, shaky cam. Yeah, it was fine, and there was a pretty big gap. That was like what oh five is that what we, So interestingly so, enough, there's a big gap between all of them. There's a there's a five there six is, year gap yeah. between yeah. every single one of these movies. So it it I had a long enough time away to be like, eh. I remember the trailer for this though. I was like, ooh, I like like he's running real fast. Was that the one with the Eminem? Song for the trailer. Mm, it may have been. Uh, actually, hold on. Before we before we get any further, I need to actually yeah. go over some some information for the for the film. Oh yeah, let's back. Yeah, hosting yeah. is totally my fault. Yeah. Okay, so directed by Brad Bird. This was his directorial debut for live action. For live action. Yeah, this is a heck of a. Because he's Pixar. Debut. He did him. Yeah. Yes. Incredible. Yeah, yeah. Incredibles and uh-huh. what else? Ratatouille, maybe. So he's part. I've got it from me. He's part of the yeah. senior creative team for Wally Up. Toy Story 3, Cars 2, Womp Womp, so, Brave, Monsters University, Inside, like just, just so mostly boom, a boom, lot boom, of bangers. Boom. But he yeah. directed some, some of the better um, 
Pixar movies. Yeah. Yes. See, yeah. it doesn't. Yeah, it doesn't credit him. Uh, let me back up to where it says like the. Yeah. yeah, it never credits him as like a director on IMDb. It's always oh, really? just senior creative team. But mm-hmm. like he had a big part in it. He was a writer for The Incredibles, yeah. apparently. But yeah, so this was his directorial debut for live action. I think he knocked it out of the park. Uh, this is written by Josh Applebaum and Andre Namak, starring Tom Cruise, Simon Pegg, Jeremy Renner, Paula Patton. And then we have cinematography by Robert Elswit. The budget for this film was only $145 million. That's cheap. It is wow. very cheap, on the dollar. Especially for how much they got, which was $647.7 million worldwide. Globally. Worldwide. Wow. Yeah. That's a that's a pretty good haul. I feel like yeah. wasn't three more expensive. I'm gonna look this up real quick. Uh, music was done by Michael Gishino. And uh, I mean this is honestly a fantastic film. Yeah. I, I, I really like this movie. Yeah, this was so. This was one of the films that I saw in theaters three times. Man, you said mm. well, hold on. You said this times. was a one hundred and forty million dollar budget. One hundred forty five. Yeah. So Tom Cruise, man, working some of that Scientology magic. <laughs> we've, we've gone five years from from Mission Impossible three, and that was one hundred fifty million. So oh, he so beat he beat inflation man. and came in cheaper. What deal did he broker with Lord Zenu? <laughs> <laughs> All right, so Stephen, what do you think about this film? Uh, so you know, it's funny, right? Because I saw I've I've seen all of these in theater when they came out. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure I maybe the very last maybe six I didn't see in theaters. So I'm not yeah. I'm not 100. But I've actually really struck. So I remember one. I remember two, and then like three. I could remember. Oh yeah, he's like his wife and stuff. But I've really struggled to recall most of these films. Like what actually happens, other than like oh he's he's on the big the big building and that mm-hmm. happens and yada, yada. And, you know, Simon Pegg's there. Yeah. Uh, so watching this actually, it kind of almost fresh is, is a real treat. It's a, it's a real entertaining film. Yeah, it really. There is. is a lot going on here. Uh, I got to say, and I, I think this is held true for basically all the mission Impossible series. They really like their gadgets. And I think they make use of their gadgets in a better way than most bond films do. Oh, they do. Because in, in a lot of ways, when you look at Mission Impossible, you're like, well, this is just kind of the Americanized Bond, right? It is. But, like, the the uh, the hallway projector mm-hmm. screen. Oh, yeah. One, really cool piece of tech. And two, they use it great as, like, a way of getting around. And then, like, when it has, starts having the errors and everything yeah. else. Or, like, when Pe- Simon Pegg puts his whole face in it. <laughs> uh, yeah. So they, they use it not just as a really cool piece of tech, but it's a cool plot piece. It's a cool comedy piece. Like, yeah. they And they do that just boom, 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 throughout with a lot of the different pieces of tech. Yeah, so Brad Bird, the director, specifically wanted every gadget in the film to break or malfunction. Really? Because he, yeah. he wanted it to be like, you know, they're kind of backs against well, the, the wall. Whole, the whole yeah. premise here is they don't have the, they the don't support have the backing. Team. Yeah. They don't have the resources to just get a new, yeah, yeah. like yeah. 3D mask printer. Yeah. 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 Well, it's like, well, we're doing it live. Right. And and those kind of moments really amp up some of the tension because you know that they are they have no other choice now. Mm-hmm. This movie does a fantastic job with the tension. Oh, like man, like it does. like <laughs> like all the stuff breaking on top of like the pacing, the shots, the music, the 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 speed of the editing, the way they cut it, they do a really good job of like punching up those scenes to make you like just on the edge of your seat like well in the there's some really fantastic action sequences mm-hmm. in here not mm-hmm. even the stunts like well, which we'll get to here in yeah, a minute yeah. but i think one of my favorite is whenever they're doing the trade-off for the nuclear codes and uh, leah sadu's character like she basically is is leaving yeah. and then you know she sees the um the contact in brant's eye mm-hmm. and she's like kill them 
and then yeah. everyone like gets up and they know the jigs up. Like they fights have to fight. on, yeah. And the second that the guy draws a gun on Jeremy Renner's character, yeah, he immediately gets disarmed, and it's like the gunplay and he, the, he explodes into that. Oh, yeah, it's so good because up until this point, you just think he's just a normal analyst, he's just, a, just an analyst. Yeah, but you know, then you actually find out that he's you know obviously a, a, an IMF agent. More, more backstory there, yeah. yeah. So I got to say, going back to Ryan's point about the the tension, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So my wife's got one of those, you know fitness trackers on yeah. her wrist, right? You know, it's her watch or whatever. <laughs> oh, and so like she pulled up the, the stress graph because she's like, man, I was like, I was so stressed out that whole movie. And like the graph on her watch is just like <laughs> spiking like all over the place. Yeah. You could probably even tell where the Burj Khalifa oh, man. So scene she, is. She, she does not do well with heights. Like I don't like heights, but I can like watch something like that, right? Yeah. She couldn't even watch most of that sequence because she's just like, I can't like, oh, like because when they showed the tower, she's like, Oh, I don't like it panning up there. I was like, oh, you're really not gonna like what's coming. <laughs> Get ready. Uh, the I think my favorite part about that whole scene is obviously you know you have like him climbing up, which mm-hmm. is you know pretty tense, but it's still controlled. And then the second where they're like, hey, man, you need to get back down here. And all you see is one cutaway of him looking at, like, what looks to be, like, a, I guess, like a fire uh, fire extinguisher hose or whatever. He's pulling, he's yeah. pulling a diehard and, over here. Yeah. And then, like, the next thing is like, where's Ethan? And he's just, like, running on the side of the Burst Khalifa. He's like, oh, yeah, here it is. Yeah. Well, that bit, like, he plays it all the way out and gets all the way down the bottom. They're like, it's not long enough. And he just, like, looks around <laughs> him and just, like, time to time to do the uh, the Mission Impossible 3 trick and make a fulcrum. Yeah. Or, or whatever. Yeah. Where he does the big well, swing. Well, and then he, al- he almost fails and runs into the top of the window. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, like, that's another thing that you, he, they, they do a good job, not only with, like, the gadgets breaking, Where he's but not with, an like, invincible Yeah, like, person. when he comes in, he doesn't just, like, slide in, land in a chair, Cross his legs and take a drink or something. He like yeah. smacks the top of it, almost falls out. Renner grabs him, you know, and like she she grabs him too. Yeah, yeah. Oh, man, the, like, I like the the team in this one too. Yeah, the mm-hmm. team's really good. Yeah. They yeah. have really good chemistry because you have a little bit of like the um, the sexual tension between uh, Paula's character and and Tom Cruise's character yeah. and Ethan. But then you also have a really good rapport with Simon and Brant's character with the whole team with, with yeah. Renner. Yeah, I mean like. Uh, Benji is is a great character, a great addition to the core team. Uh, I will say we, I think we we lack a little bit for not having um, uh, uh, Ving Rhames with her. Yeah, it's one of those things to where like we have we've been blessed by a cat, kitty. (laughs) Uh, You do feel it, and I I felt like when I watched it this time, I was like, I feel like he was in this more because I think I conflate so many scenes of him in other movies from like Rogue Nation. Yeah, because like at the end of the movie, he like acts like it's the first time he's meeting Benji, and I go, "It's not," and I was like, "Wait, I think that is the first time time Luther met Benji because he meets him like." Uh, yeah, Cruz meets him in three, in three. Yeah. but like he's not in the field and not doing like Luther's the guy that's doing the computer stuff out in the field. So yeah, yeah. yeah that and was a moment I was like, oh, oh yeah. It kept throwing me too because like Tom was you know on his phone like reaching out to a mysterious contact and I was like, is this Luther? Is this like his his moment to appear? Like he like <laughs> contacts him on the on the <laughs> yeah, and then it's you know uh, Bogdan, Bogdan, or, or what was his name? Uh, well, yeah, that was yeah. It, Bogdan, yeah. Bogdan, yeah. yeah. Uh, so actually, speaking of Bogdan, I love that opening scene so oh, much. The, the fight, oh, like the actual the, like fight in the riot. I oh. love when when it breaks and he's ready to go, and he just like gives him the hand signal for like all of them open everything this way now, all of it. Yeah. Well, it's again, it's the the chemistry there, right? Where Tom Cruise isn't even talking to Simon Pegg, and you can right. just and you see. know exactly what what like they they know what each other is saying, yeah. and like 
you know, Cruz know or, or you know, Ethan Hunt knows that Benji's hesitant about this, and he's like, "Do yeah. it, do it." <laughs> when he's trying to make him open the door so he can go, because he doesn't know like what the, yeah. the change in plan is here. But the actual like you know, rumble through the riot while he's trying to drag oh, Bogdan behind him. Ah, oh, that's a great kickoff to a to a show or so a movie. It's actually kind of interesting, and just because it's as fresh in my mind because we're we're. When we're recording this, we have we're going to be also recording Fast X, which have already been out by the time you listen to this. Yeah. But uh, I've been catching up on the other Fast and Furious films just so I can go watch the film. Yeah, or watch it, you know, going mm-hmm. in. And there's a prison break in F eight or F nine. I can't remember. It's it's too ridiculous. But um, I think it's nine because it wasn't really. In yeah. Eight. No, it has the rock in it, so it's eight. Oh, it is. Eight. Uh, yeah. So he they they. Have oh the, yeah, yeah. They have the prison break. Them in him, yeah. And if you want a good dichotomy of what a good prison break fight sequence is and what a bad one is, right. you can watch both of these films back to back, which I did, and. <laughs> uh, <laughs> like you, I mean, like you have like a really visceral fight with Ethan Hunt and basically, you know, taking Bogdan with him who doesn't fight at all. Yeah. And then you have The Rock and Jason Statham, which are just superheroes taking, you know, rubber bullets to the face and all these other kind of things that just completely yeah. remove a lot of the any tension, really like any tension because <laughs> yeah. you know that there's no way that they're going to lose. Well, it, it, so to contrast it right to like scary movies, like with the Friday the 13th franchise mm-hmm. and the later ones with Jason, it's not a matter of like, will this thing we're doing kill him? It's not going to. Yeah. It's okay. How's he going to get through this and hurt the person that's trying to kill mm-hmm. him? Same thing with the rock and F eight. Yeah. It's like, there's no tension here on whether or not these guys are going to get out of this prison. We know they're out. Yeah. It's 100%. Just, how does it happen? They're not even going to get hurt. You know, mm-hmm. they're getting shot with these rubber bullets and just laughing it off and running mm-hmm. it. And so yeah, it, this, on the other hand, it feels very visceral well, and very. Because you like, don't, you don't yeah. know what the whole goal here is for Ethan as he's kind of going, or, or even this. why he's there. Like they haven't, they haven't given you any backstory. Yeah, you know, yeah. They haven't given you any like, oh, this is the heist. We go and we get this guy. You know, you don't get mm-hmm. any of that. It just happens. Yeah. Well, in, in talking about just like because I know you mentioned the pacing earlier of like yeah. kind of the the of everything, you have this really great opening sequence, and then mm-hmm. you immediately turn into a heist, like almost like back to back. Yeah. To go and into the Kremlin and try and you know get these tapes or whatever the, the codes. Yeah, yeah. Codes, not, yeah. It's, not the no, codes. it's not the codes. No, it's not the codes. Yeah, it's, no, it's, it's like uh, Cobalt's record. record. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So yeah. I was uh, <laughs> I've been looking up clips you know from this movie since I watched it like two nights ago, but I was just looking up some. I found a very fun YouTube comment right here on the Kremlin you know scene <laughs> yeah. specifically. It says, "This guy, username Sport the Little Guy." Okay. It says, right. fun fact, Tom Cruise actually went off script here and blew up the Kremlin, but Brad Bird <laughs> liked it so much he decided to keep it in the movie. <laughs> I will say Unlike the CGI. Unlike that, the CGI for me, to the blowing oh, the Kremlin, so bad. not the best not spot in the great, movie. No. Which presumably a lot of the sandstorm is CG, and it looks fine. Oh, actually, yeah. re- I have a whole thing for this. Oh, really? Uh, oh, okay, oh, so oh. the sandstorm scene was, it, it was real. Oh, okay. Like so, I, like, all of I it. Like I feel like there's a couple parts. Well, where so like, hold on. Yeah. So the sandstorm scene was shot in open matte super 35 millimeter, mm. not IMAX, or rather than IMAX, due to the fact that blowing sand would be invisible on the film even in IMAX mm-hmm. because of motion blur. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So appearing only as red fog, you know, that's just how it would look. Right. Yeah. Uh, the enlarged grain of the 35 millimeter film, when blown up to IMAX, is the sand. So oh, okay. it's the grain of the film oh. that so you can actually see yeah. on it. Which You're I not actually was, seeing the grain. Yeah. You're seeing the grain of the film. Yeah. Interesting. I so that, that was kind of how they did it so they didn't have to CGI it. Right. 
Well, it shows because it looks great. It like, looks, yeah, it looks very much so like yeah. being in a sandstorm. Like it's it's those kind of like. I'll so say did they wait reason. for a sandstorm to roll up? That then, I don't know. Yeah, like that. I don't, to I don't me, have it's an like the, for that. the mechanics of like <laughs> we got to shoot this scene today. I don't know. Let, we got to be rocking I mean, on ready. I mean, for, all, <laughs> for all we know, you know, like Dubai is just like Florida. You know, at two p.m. in Florida <laughs> it rains, and at two p.m. in Dubai there's a sandstorm. Yeah, I don't know. This is showing my ignorance on weather. Yeah, I know. Yeah, my ignorance on weather in that part of the world. Like I don't know. Do they have like, and today a 30% chance of sandstorms and you know, yeah. whatever. I, I don't <laughs> well, know. I'm sure there, I'm sure it is. Honestly. I mean, in that case, so, yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, the wind's moving at least. So, so maybe they do have a good idea of it. Yeah. Mm. Either way that looks fantastic. The Kremlin blowing up is one of the only Less real scenes fantastic. in this movie yeah. that doesn't age well. Yeah. Now um, the whole heist inside the Kremlin was phenomenal. That was great. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so another thing that, just because we're kind of talking about Dubai here a little bit, uh, you know, obviously by this point, if, if you have seen this film and for whatever reason you, you thought that um, that was not Tom Cruise on the side of the Burj Khalifa, it is. It is, yeah. Uh, and the reason why he wanted he's to do insane. it, one, is because he's crazy, but then two, mm-hmm. he wanted it to give, he basically wanted to give Brad Bird more leverage for where he could put the cameras for the stunt. Because mm. he wanted oh. it to show that it's actually him. Because then, like, right. you don't have to be like from the back or from yeah, above. Yeah. You can see his face, so you can put the camera wherever yeah, you want. So he wanted yeah. it to be as as close and intimate as it possibly could be for yeah. those scenes, which I thought was a great job. Which, if you want your your crazy fact about the Burj Khalifa stunts, they broke twenty six windows on that tower. That's yeah. a lot of windows. That is a lot of windows. Those are not cheap. And I wonder how they broke them. Was it just like incidentally, like every time he'd well, land against the building, a different no, one would break? Or is it like... No, because those, like if you're like from an exterior force going onto those, like those mm. are really tough, well, now, especially if they have to mm, deal with sandstorms. Now, I will say it is possible that's the case because those are really like when you think about how the window is made, right? Yeah. It's meant to take a, a it's pretty... It's plate glass. Right. But it's meant to take like a pretty even force from wind. Yeah. Whereas someone's stomping with their foot on it is a very is a different specific, specific point, point of point, so yeah. that might be where the break is it's not like they're shattering it there's cracking spots yeah. going up and down it, that's possible or it like could while be, rigging you know, like cameras, yeah, cameras yeah. that kind of thing or, yeah. or just even because like how do you get to the out- exterior of the Burj Khalifa we'll, we'll take the window out to put stuff probably out the side just throw that yeah. chair so out the window the, the <laughs> so basically to take the windows off they had to have two guys in basically a window cleaning um, rig uh, oh my rig gosh to oh. just basically take hammers and slowly get it off of its um, basically off of its adhesion to the to okay the, so that's the that's frame. where they broke the windows yes. then mm. <laughs> can you imagine being in a window cleaning hanging thing on the Burj Khalifa so the no. highest <laughs> the, where they were filming is uh-huh. 1700 feet up compared to the 2700 or whatever of the full, of top. The full height although yeah. he has photos of him he went to the very top of that thing and He's he graffitied nuts. the top of it yeah he, he scratched in I think his, his wife's, his name. wife's name Katie Katie yeah. Holmes at the time whoops yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, <laughs> he's like it's the modern tree. You scratch it in there. No, he's trying to get not. back. Up. Can I get back up? I got to scratch out. So the, I, no, I got to okay. buff something out real quick. Uh, so you know, we we've been gushing about this. Actually, I will. I'll say that the the one thing that really didn't do it for me was this was the villain for mm. this film because you had like because we're coming from Mission Impossible three, which has Philip Seymour Hoffman, such a good villain, who's just in, villain. intimidating and like. Just always seems yeah. like he would always do in anything. Control, yeah. just, oh. and, and then, you know, you we go to further films, which I'm not going to reveal right. those yet. Yeah. But um, we have really good villains in those, too. This one just doesn't, like, the well, guy doesn't, I think he has, like, maybe three. I was gonna he say, barely has a moment to talk to people. Yeah. They got yeah. Michael Nyquist, uh, Nyquist, I don't know how he is. Nyquist. Nyquist, as the villain, who's a good actor. Yeah, he was is. a good actor, you know, rest in peace. But he's like, he, he could have been... 
great in this role. They, it's yeah. just they, they just didn't really give, give him a lot. Yeah. The one the one thing I will say though is that at the end when you know they're in the the car uh, garage yeah. and he just kills himself to get the case away from him or tries to yeah. you know yeah. that is like oh wow like if we could Dude have had a lot this. of build up in scenes before mm-hmm. that to make that really pay off it would be even better we had a little bit where they play like the what's like the file footage of yeah. him kind of yeah. being crazy yeah. but like if we could have had that kind of conversation where it's like he and Ethan are separated by some you know, insurmountable gulf right or something as yeah. he's like getting away with the case and he gets to monologue a little you know chew on some yeah. scenery mm-hmm. I think we could have really amped it up. Uh, so I will say my my one thing that happened to me where I was like, wait, what? Is when the case is acquired by presumably, you know, like Cobalt's like right-hand man. Yeah. But it's mm-hmm. actually Cobalt. Yes. And he's chasing him and he rips the piece of the mask off and it's revealed, right? Why would you take your the rest of your mask off? Well, it's not that, <laughs> but it's just like. It's probably sweaty. Later, <laughs> they show him being picked up by that guy who's his right-hand man. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's like, wait, so that dude is real. Yeah. Why? Why did you show up wearing the mask? Like, why well, couldn't it probably, have been your right hand? Just man? because he wanted to make sure. But then, why do you? Why did you put the mask on? They don't know who Cobalt is. They do know who this guy is. Well, but, mm, it, was, it was. Well, it was they were expecting that dude. Yeah. They were expecting his right hand. Well, man. That's true. So yeah. I think that's. It, it would have been weird if like Cobalt, Cobalt shows, shows up. up. So yeah. it was kind of because there's a lot of parts in this movie where it feels like. Cobalt is ahead of them, like a step ahead of like he figuring is. out what's yeah. going on. So I yeah. think that was just probably supposed to be another one of like they're expecting this guy, so he's going to show felt, up. Man, as I that felt guy. bad for the uh, the Russian code specialist guy who's oh, like, yeah. we need to leave. Then like, you know, nope, he's there. Nope, you're dragged her on. Nope, you're dead. Okay, yeah. wow, uh, you woof. gotta feel bad. Woof. The um, the other thing too, I actually felt bad for uh, Trevor, the the agent at the beginning that gets killed by Lisa Dew's character. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. Because it's Sawyer from Lost. It's Sawyer from I, Lost, I have yeah. such a soft spot for that actor just because, yeah. like, of Lost. Uh-huh. And he hasn't and been in a ton of big no, movies. No, he's really not in a lot of stuff, but, yeah. like, the second that I saw him and then I was like, oh, this is perfect for him. Oh, no, he's dead. Oh, he's dead. <laughs> <laughs> Rip. Uh, what, what else? Um, well, I mean, just to, to jump back to the the Dubai scene, right? Mm-hmm. Like before you get to the, um, the sandstorm, I love that heist. Like they're changing the numbers on oh, the, great. the, on the doors. hotel doors. Yeah. They've got this briefcase. It prints. They did a really good job again with any good heist movie. They set up the stakes of what's going on. Mm-hmm. They let you in on a little of it. And then you discover in the scene, what's actually happening of like, why, Oh, they need to slow down because he's got a blink to yeah. take the pictures and it's printing. Mm-hmm. And then she's over here. And they did that good thing of like multiple planes of action, you know, going on where yeah. you have her trying to run the grip and uh, you can uh, hear on one on the, floor, but yeah. the other floor. Yeah. Now that, that heist is good. The, you know, we already said the Kremlin heist is good. Yeah. Like the, the bit there with the interplay with like the, uh, the code. Yeah. And then we really get like three heists in this movie. We get the, the Kremlin one, this one, and then the, um, the one in India. Yeah. Yeah. Like it's, and the, like also and they're all three the, good. The Mumbai heist is also good. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like, ah, so, um, so a couple things that I have a little bit of trivia for. Oh, uh, trivia. Let's go. So Brad Bird says his only offer for the, okay. So actually initially JJ Abrams was supposed to make this fi- or direct this film as well. But he mm-hmm. was working on 2009 Star Trek, which I think that was a better use of his, his skills yeah. for that one. Well, yeah. Because bad robot is, he's still a producer on this. Yeah. So Brad Bird says his only offer for the film came from a text message from uh, the previous film's director, JJ Abrams that simply read mission question mark. Oh my gosh. Wow. Abrams. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> what was his response? Yeah, sure. Sure. Whatever. Yeah. Um, <laughs> 
Then Leah Sadu's character um, or performed her on act, her on camera role in English, and she dubbed her own lines in French for the release. Makes nice. sense. French, yeah. yeah, yeah. And then the last one that I had was uh, Brant, uh, Jeremy Renner's character, was mm-hmm. actually written and cast in the idea that he would take over as the lead protagonist for the Mission Impossible films whenever Tom Cruise decided that you know done. he, he, he yeah. was done. So like. They were already grooming this guy for Bourne taking over Bourne mm-hmm. and this because Bourne uh, Legacy came out twenty twelve. Yeah, this was twenty eleven, yeah. mm-hmm. and so like so they were gonna have Jeremy Renner is gonna be the Bourne takeover and the Mission Impossible takeover, and, wow. and, and neither and, happened, and, also, and neither happened. Yeah, and also active in the MCU. Yeah, yeah, yeah at the same time, like, again, like Renner yeah. was like so hot right then, man. man. <laughs> Guy's I, agent, actually, fantastic, I, I, right? I really like him in this film. He, oh, he's yeah, great. Good, he's good. He's a good extra kind of, um, I'll say, capable agent. Because yes. the, the big problem with with a lot of these kind of like team based like films mm-hmm. is you have one dude that is the action star, right? And then you have everyone else that has their own specialties. They're very that, niche in their mm-hmm. abilities. Where this one, you have another guy that can do the same stuff that Ethan can do. He just doesn't have the edge that Ethan has. Right. He's not as crazy. As yeah. <laughs> he wouldn't yeah. jump out on a you well, know, he's, he's more, Burj Khalifa. He's more of the, the <laughs> analytical mind. And, he, and that comes up like he kind of yeah. puts up the roadblocks that Ethan has to punch through. Yeah. Uh, but even like the you, know, you the, have a great that great scene basically after the Burj Khalifa um, heist or whatever you want to mm-hmm. call it, where they're kind of like going at it of you know it's like well no no actually that's beforehand it's where before. they, he's trying to convince him to to not use real nuclear you can't, codes. can't yeah. handle the real codes yeah. yeah well you also have the bit where he where they're in the, the SUV right mm-hmm. and they get uh, burned and you have all the Russians firing on them when they're underwater which yeah. that's not how bullets work underwater but whatever I mean um, if it's short if it's have you been underwater when bullets were shooting at you I mean I've if, watched it, if it is these shallow enough okay if it's shallow no, it's enough, not shallow enough. It, no I know it's it, it's only like, a foot or two I'm just gonna say this MythBusters did the whole thing on this uh-huh. if it's shallow enough you definitely could take damage from you could bullets. yeah it'll it'll but you gotta be like like three feet under okay this yeah you gotta, like good to know yeah you I, gotta I be real close to the top <laughs> and also the the faster the bullet moves the more quickly the bullet disintegrates when it hits the water yeah because hmm, i guess the impact is yeah like so so greater. like if you have like subsonic rounds i think it's you actually get deeper penetration deeper in, in the water yeah. but I mean, they're firing some pretty high power there's one so, dude so if you f- just throw the bullet at the water it's a, <laughs> yeah. a better chance like, of getting down like, there's one dude when they like tell him to stop firing he pulls up the dude's got like a I swear a bear at 50 cal. I was like, oh my God. (laughs) (laughs) That scene though, where they kill the secretary of state. Oh uh, yeah. Like is, is that what he's secretary of state? Yeah. Yeah. That was intense. Secretary of state, but he's like in charge of IMF. He's somehow. Yeah. He's he's the, either way, he's a high ranking official. They like stay down. He looks up and he gets shot through the forehead. You're like, whoa. Oh, that hits like boom. They don't go that visceral in in the Mission Impossible movies a lot. Like with the actual seeing the the Mm. bullet wound and stuff. Yeah, because they're they're pretty bloodless films for the most part. Yeah. For as many bullets get fired. And that scene too does a really good job of surprising you because you really think, okay, this is the release intention after the escape. And it's like, boom, that, that. Whatever happens outside, like an explosion yeah. or something, you're like, "What?" And it, the, you know, Amara surround sound system it was crazy loud, oh, it's, it's and it, it, it Holly jolted me. We yeah, <laughs> and then it kicks right back off. So uh-huh. it's, that was a good a good use of again pacing and, and mm-hmm. 
you know, well, and, and really like giving you just enough exposition to understand the stakes. Mm-hmm. And then yeah. you're like, nope, we're right back in it. Well, right. keep going. Yeah. that yeah. It never really like lets the, the agent sit still. They never have a yeah. moment where they get to just be like, whew, okay, well, I'm glad that's over. You know, let's, uh, let's head back to like, you know, hang out in New York or something. You know, like, yeah. they just don't yeah. have that chance. I, I like the, the Russian KGB agent that was kind of like following him around. That our, was a good our, dynamic. Our, too. Counter, our counterpart to, uh, IMF. to IMF. Yeah. yeah. I think he, He's, yeah. he's a good character. He was. Like that they, that they was a fun angle. Pretty good on-screen chemistry for like being, you know, essentially adversaries. But Ethan Hunt's like, I'm not your enemy, dude. Well, and, and like, now, nah, man, it's not only, that <laughs> it's not that that dynamic hasn't been seen before because yeah. it has. The like, I, I'm not the bad guy. You know, mm-hmm. you'll find and then it, the cop later. Yeah, right. Like you've seen <laughs> that play out, but it still did it very enjoyably. Like yeah. I, I, I enjoyed that because he again adds like another wrinkle to things, and mm-hmm. then like when he he does meet up at the end, and you have that moment where he, like he's clearly putting together the pieces of like mm-hmm. I think he just stopped a nuclear yeah. war. <laughs> and he's like, "You are he's, not my enemy," and then like Cruz just like shakes his head because he's just so beat up, and it's like yeah. hospital. Yes. Yes. <laughs> well, I also really like the actual hospital scene because, again, and this is playing off because this is really where it feels like like three is the start of Mission Impossible as a franchise. Yeah. But this is the moment where they really drive it home, not just with the whole wife stuff, mm-hmm. but also like we go back to the whole lip reading bit, right? Yeah. He does that. Mm-hmm. And also we have another escape from like an enclosed environment. But, you know, in three, he gets handed the knife to get out or whatever. Yeah. yeah. And in this one, it's just literally the orderly puts the, the, the files down, down them yeah. and he grabs the paper clip and then he's, you know, picking the lock and he's out and gone. I love the bit too where she picks up the files and they all just fall apart. She's, yeah. oh, what the? Well, it, that's, a good, <laughs> yeah. that's just a good little bit of detail that mm-hmm. you just mm-hmm. wouldn't think to like throw in there. And then the second it happens, you're like, yep. We know, like, well, we already, we saw him take it, but like, that's just a good, like, hey, if you missed it. He took well, it's, it's a good yeah. setup payoff of yeah. like mm-hmm. it's a, it's a quick reminder of like oh ha 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 that's what would happen well, if you grabbed papers that didn't have you know well then, then you have the great little scene of him on the ledge and it's like you're gonna jump and he's like it looked like a good thought was a good idea <laughs> it was a good idea at the time yeah <laughs> well I also like how you know, our, our one star review at the start he complained about the comedy right yeah but I feel like they actually do a much better job of layering in it has beats, a great comedic beats like that because that's a you know there's two professionals like he leans out the window he's like. Yeah, you're gonna jump, and he's like, "Well, look, you know the time. A good idea at the time." The dude's like, "All right, well, take your time." He pulls out the cigarette. Like that's so <laughs> yeah. good. Well, because yeah. in three there was some of that stuff, but mm-hmm. it was it was not quite as as smoothly implemented. Yeah. yeah, this it felt very natural in this. Well, and and you have like some of the great like after the the whole scene of them like basically dragging Ethan from uh, from the window after he mm-hmm. you know tried mm-hmm. to jump in, yeah. and then you have Benji just walk in. He's like, "What are you guys doing?" <laughs> like, well, no, he's like, "Whoo! I just changed <laughs> I changed all the doors." <laughs> yeah. What have y'all been doing? Yeah, and it's like he's the one who's been like put out, and they're all just like half dead. The um, the India the Mumbai uh, heist too. Like, there's a lot of good comedy between her and the the dude. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. The, the, the she's seducing, guy. and then with, at the same time, Jeremy Renner you know, like trying to decide if he's going to jump into this fan. Oh, he's doing like, the stretches. Yeah, yeah, theoretically, it'll catch you. It's fine. The, the, no, he's like the science is sound. He's like. But is it going to catch me? He's pretty yeah, sure. Yeah, pretty sure. And then, like, when, when that, again. He's pretty sure. <laughs> and the way he gets out of it by, like, tucking in yep. at the end. So, you know, he gets on the magnetic mm-hmm. um, whatever conveyor, and he's inside yeah. there, which who knows how magnets work, whatever. And then, <laughs> you know, that part of the heist is going, when it, it, it fails, he gets out, and then, yeah, he can't get back up to the, 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 the wind's thing. blowing him, yeah. That comedy 
it's a very tense scene, but they also are able to pepper in, I don't know, really good lines from Renner and his yeah. performance in that scene is great too. Well, you know, and the next time that they have to seduce a rich guy, he gets to do it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that was yeah. a good line. That was I, a good way to end it. I also liked it. It was a bit of an homage to the first mission impossible. Whenever Ethan Hunt is basically like hanging, like well, suspended well, they above. Love, they love mm. doing the drop. Yeah. Yeah. yeah the so, drop is kind he of the signature thing. For this, where, you know, clearly he'd just be impaled by the, the right. terribly yeah. designed fan. But, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. Who made well, this fan? Which I also love how, and I guess you kind of get away with it, but you know, not to you know, poke holes or whatever this, but like, they're mm-hmm. like, we're going into this big computer and how are we suspending you? Big magnet. Rip computer. Yeah. We I just mean, all the hard drives are just formatted <laughs> <just laughs> as they drop. Well, well, if they're solid state, it doesn't matter. It's well, it's only if they're yeah. actual hard drives. Well, I mean, drives. But a solid state wasn't really a big thing back in 2011. Oh, it's not, it's not even that. Like, contemplate the weight of Jeremy Renner and how big a magnet it requires to suspend his weight. It's not wiping the hard drives. It's forcing them out of their seating and <laughs> slamming them into the, it's ripping them it's to pieces. Ripping them. Real Anyways, quick, yeah. real quick tangent magnet story. Oh boy. We'll get back at my first TV station that I worked at. There uh-huh. was a device that lets you bulk erase tapes. Yep. It's a giant oh, huge square magnet, yeah. magnet yeah, it's right? a decouser. And it has a, a knob on the front just burr, you know, it comes on and you rub the you know beta yeah. tapes across it. Beta you, tapes. That's hey. <laughs> beta yeah. was used up to the mid to 2014. Yeah. It's a better format had, than VHS. <laughs> we we had beta tapes at CBS when oh, yeah. I worked there. This kid had just started working there. And he was in oh, no. master control. He, he walked over there. He laid his phone down on oh. top of this thing, threw a tape on it, and I was like, <gasps> and I couldn't say anything in time. And he went, <laughs> and then he picked the tape up and kept going. I go, get your phone off of there. And he's like, why? And I was like, he picked it up, a brick. It was literally oh. there was it wouldn't the screens, nothing's responding. Yeah, it just nothing it's exists inside that phone magnet. anymore. Yeah, oh, that's incredible. That I was the wildest thing I'd seen. And this incredible. is like. Like we're talking iPhone two, iPhone three. Like okay, we're so talking. Yeah. Like, yeah, this is like 2010. Right. Yeah. So th- these are expensive phones. Oh. Not everybody has them yet. And just Heartbreaking. Gone. <laughs> That's how magnets work. Well, Moving I, on. I wonder. I wonder if he actually could have warranted that because oh, there's there's probably no real evidence. <laughs> there probably wasn't. It was a he's clean like, death. He's like, I don't know, man. It's just dead. And they're like, boy, he's not kidding. There's nothing in this <laughs> there's thing. No, there's no signs of damage. Yeah, like, <laughs> He probably could have, yeah. Oh, oh man. That's incredible. Man, woo. Don't, I, don't, I don't think about that often. Because, you know, like, nowadays, uh, you know, when you were a kid and you had a computer, it's like, oh, you can't have a drink on the same desk as that computer. Oh, yeah, yeah. Or whatever. And now, you know, I've, I've got my work <laughs> laptops, you know, sitting there closed on the dock, and i got a freaking water bottle just sitting Stephen on there. Stephen lives on the wild side. Uh, <laughs> Stephen pours his water across his keyboard and then drinks out of it. <laughs> oh. <laughs> uh, so so here, here's, <laughs> here's another piece of trivia. So going to the uh, the car um, uh, parking garage oh, yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. scene. So whenever he uses the car to basically go down to the bottom and yes. use the airbags to stop that. Uh, Oof. They, well, so I thought you were going to say Tom Cruise really did the that car, stunt. <laughs> well, so the car wouldn't actually be going fast enough to deploy the airbags in that specific BMW. Really? Okay. Yeah. Really? It, How fast it would it be going? Had at to that be, point? It, it would have to be faster than 55 miles an hour. Oh, okay. In wow. that specific. That's, and because he dropped basically 100 feet, it's not fast it's enough. Like gravity doesn't accelerate it. Yeah. 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 So technically, he just would have died. He would but, just smash his head <laughs> on the steering wheel. <laughs> <laughs> Now, it was still a cool. It was still. No, it, it's a great use of the 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 tools at hand. Yeah, well, like that yeah. whole fight sequence is like such a race 
literally to the bottom. Yeah. But like oh, just yeah. a race to just like there are no resources here. He's so spent and they're just beating the crap out of each other and taking so much pain. Well, and the little elevator, the car, you know, mm-hmm. spatula that's like going up and down. <laughs> that he keeps he like falls on at that one point and he's like halfway over there uh-huh. reaching for the case and he can't quite grab I it and then he, he just like feels the bottom off. of it. Oh yeah, uh, and it, yeah, like, yeah. So he thinks you know, it's like where's Ethan, and then he just comes up from the bottom. Ah, yeah, straight. you think he's got the case, and yeah. he just boop. That's yeah. that's a gr- that's a really like visceral scene too, because but, like yeah. these, both of these guys are just getting snot beat out, beat of, yeah. out of them. Well, and again, that's when you know he just decides to like take the nuclear option and just jump off, yeah. literally jump off with the uh, with the case. Yeah. The case is like. This is, you know, I, I will deny you this for the 20 seconds needed. Yeah. Well, and the way he jumps too, he just kind of like dead fishes off the edge. He just goes to the edge <laughs> and just kind of like goes limp. And then you're like, oh, like not even a cool jump, no catchphrase. He just like, <laughs> he just goes right off. Yeah. Uh, I did like that they, they still called back to his wife from the, uh, from Mission from Impossible 3. three. Yeah. And then you, uh, you do get a little bit of a moment there at the end yeah. where she sees him and she knows that he's still watching over her and yeah. that kind of thing, which I thought was, you know, really, really It's very much so like he's like elevated to kind of the the Batman or Spider-Man level in that moment (laughs) of like when you can't have someone because, you know, people like Philip Seymour Hoffman, et cetera, are going to make use of that. But he still, you know, wants to be with her, right? So Well, and they don't really get into the the mechanics of what happened. Did he tell her this is a divorce or is this like a, you know, I'll be around and she saw him and she wants to go talk to him, but she doesn't? Because presumably throughout the movie, you think she's dead. Yeah. Yeah. Because of Which uh, was a great driving force for, I think, like the reconciliation at the end, obviously, because, Mm -hmm. you know, they've like they've clearly had, you know, their their differences, him Mm -hmm. and Grant. But then you you finally have that as like, she's not dead, bro. Well, also poor Brant, like he's like been like stealing himself up to say this line. And he says oh, yeah. it and Cruz is like, yeah, it's no big deal. <laughs> no worries, bro. Anyways, here's your phone. She's over there. Uh, I do, I do too. I like that. That last, you know, scene, you have that, the good, like three planes of action. You got Benji and Paula Patton with the, mm-hmm. the hard drives and he's trying to reconnect things. You yeah. got Brant fighting the number two henchman dude. Yeah. And mm-hmm. he keeps trying to reach and turn the power on. It's just not happening. And then you have Cruz in that, you know, yeah. that's a very interesting like layout for the garage also like, cause like you think about like other action movies, we've seen people scuffle, you know, in a room similar to like mm-hmm. the, the power thing, but I've never seen anybody jump in between car elevators. Oh, it's, it's such know? a great environment for this too. Cause like we've had you know, like yeah. parking deck car chases, right? Like that's right. old hat at this point, Yeah, but this is like the parking deck of the future. And like, how do you like, right. like parkour, parkour, you know, like how yeah. do you get around this? Yeah. So I, I really like the way that all, again, the mm-hmm. editing in this movie is impeccable. Like the way they just cut between it really scenes. Is. It really just keeps the tension and, and the flow going. It never stalls out. So the, the one thing, sorry, uh, the one thing that I really like for that final like bit is when Benji's like, you know, trying to wire everything. They actually, um, oh, they show him they, like, cutting they, himself they, they on it. They show him cutting mm-hmm. himself on the wires, which is one of those big things where whenever I have to wire like Ethernet, oh, like RJ45, uh, uh, I can't yeah. stand it. <laughs> and, and I've, I've cut myself multiple times right. having to do that. And I like that they actually had that detail in there because it's one of those big things where it's like, that is a real risk whenever you're trying to do that. Oh, those little wires yeah. would go right in there, man. Like, yeah. Ugh. But so my, my point was, I really like, again, like the three planes of action, right? Where we all have our own objectives we're trying to achieve. Yeah. But 
that fight in the power room with the switch, right? Mm -hmm. I really love that style of fight where it's not just me, you, we throw punches and whoever's standing at the end. It's there's an objective. I've got to get to the switch. One of them's fighting to prevent it and the other's fighting to get like, it's not just I get a hit, I get a hit. This is my chance. Lunge. Oh, he grabbed my leg, you know, pulls me back. Like that's such a more intense moment because we know the stakes involved than just I punch, you punch. It's not just a showdown. It's like, it's yeah, the objective changes everything. Well, in, in those kind of moments are really what set, I think, like, I'll say good action films and bad action films. Oh, definitely. Less than good action films. Less than good. Uh, <laughs> yeah. well, so that's not the thing, good. Like, if you, like, I, I already talked about it, but if you go back to, like, the Fast and Furious franchise, mm-hmm. you good. have these these fights, which sometimes the choreography is quite good, but the, yeah. there's no real plot attached to it beyond just, you're the bad guy, I'm fight the good guy. Well, we we're here to fight. punch yeah. each other out, yeah. Yeah. Where, like, this, you actually have, like, true objectives that have to be met, and you have that tension because, you you know, we have a nuclear missile that is going to go hit San right. Francisco, of course. Yeah. And, um, you know, it could be New York City. Think of the trolleys. <laughs> <laughs> well, and... Uh, Shoot, I lost. I had it there, but well, also it's it's very well spelled out for us too. What everyone's objective is, yeah, like it's very clear yeah. mm-hmm. what they need to have happen for each of them, yeah. So like it's it's not just the tension of the fight; it's also you know Benji doing quick hot wiring while you know they're they're trying to cover for the while she's already been wounded yeah. and like yeah, yeah it's ooh, it's it's good pretty much throughout. Yeah. And I mean, I've been gushing about the movie. I feel like a lot of us have been, but like it's it it really is a master class in how to do an action movie, implement comedy, have setup and payoff, mm-hmm. have tension that builds perfectly and, and it just still, keeps going. Oh, yeah. man. And, and it still surprises you like the limo scene, you know, mm-hmm. where you think, okay, we're going to get a reprieve and you don't. Yeah. And like just the, the whole combination of all of it and the way it's shot, the way the action is choreographed, the way the action shot, like, the whole sandstorm. There's so many memorable scenes visually, yeah. like the yeah. sandstorm scene. I've never seen another action movie before this that had like a sandstorm in it. I've and, never and seen anybody jump off the. You, you have a little bit of also like plot contrivance with just like the tracker that he can. You a little know, bit, right? Like, but like that, like like just the tracker and like I'm chasing you on foot through like narrow yeah. alleys. Right? That's that's been done to death, right? But what if we add the sandstorm to it, where like they right, both, they yeah. both like grab articles of clothing from the market and to cover yeah. up, and like then like Ethan's like goggles, oh, goggles, yeah, yeah, like what? which we paid off earlier with yeah. Grant being like. Goggles. And, oh, shit, I still have those all around my <laughs> right. neck, you know? Again, set up and payoff. Yeah. And they also do a good thing, too, to me with the tracker is, like, it is contrived that that's happened before, but they give it the qualifier of, like, it's good for maybe half a mile. Yeah. You know, like, so you have, in your head, you know the stakes and the range, mm-hmm. so it adds immediately tension to the scene versus... It's like, the second that he gets in the car, you're like, you gotta find a car, man. You gotta find a car yeah. now. now. Yeah, like, yeah. So that, that subconsciously just builds with you and, mm-hmm. and plays with the scene, whereas a lesser movie, you know, would have just been like, here's a tracker. And then it'd be like, we just know where they are. Yeah. And, or the guy would crush it in his car or yeah. something, you know, and be like, Oh, we lost him. You know, where this <laughs> is like, it, it very much sets up the parameters yeah. and it, that makes it more tense. So, yeah. you know, cause I know whenever we did our episode for mission impossible three, as we're mm-hmm. kind of winding down here, yeah. the, um, like that was, you know, we consider that the proto start for essentially the mission impossible franchise. But yeah. I really think that this film set the real tone for the rest of the films that have come after. Oh, yeah, absolutely. 
Because yeah. you definitely still have, because now you have the full core cast of characters. Yeah. Then you have the comedy that kind of gets in there. You have the general style of what the action needs to be. Because mm-hmm. yeah. J.J. Abrams' action is is very different because that was b- back when Bourne was really popular. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the shaky and the cam. shaky cam oh. and everything like that. Yeah. You move away from that and you move a little bit more to like... Can, proper Corey, can you imagine yeah. how bad the prison sequence would be if it was shaky cam? Oh, oh, oh yeah, man, we would, we would all we, we'd be complaining so hard about that. Yeah, but, but yeah, I mean, so you have like I think Ghost Protocol. I think is maybe the best one. I don't know. Fallout may be really close. Well, this yeah. is so, really good. This is something too yeah. that we harp on back in our 007 double header. Yeah. Show, uh, reviews, which are kind of similar format to this. Yeah. Uh, if you want to go check those out. Knock yourself out. Yeah. Uh, but it's the same idea where it's like, this is kind of like three is where the franchise starts really. Right. Yeah. Like one and two are so different from any of these other movies. Yeah. And then four, I think is where they really like hammered the formula down. Like this is what we, we just need this to what we want it to be fit this framework, but let's use different pieces going forward. Right. Yeah. It, it really is weird because three specifically is like a bridge movie where it is still a slave to a lot of the filmmaking techniques of its time. Mm-hmm. And it the feels very dated when you watch it now, just like two and one does yeah. like one is a nineties movie. Two is definitely a movie that came out in the year 2000. Oh yeah, right? boy, is it ever. <laughs> Three is definitely a movie that came out in the mid aughts because yep. it's got like the color grading mm-hmm. is green and orange and like the shaky cam and like everything's high contrast, you yeah. know, but it's not bad, but it sets up the events that this movie and the, you know, can, subsequent can really jump off of, off of, but yeah. this one feels like the first one that is like not timeless, but like when I watch this, there's no filmmaking technique that makes me go like, Oh, this is 2011. Ew, yeah. It's so 2011. <laughs> well, maybe the CGI from the, the Kremlin. The Kremlin yeah. That's it. But uh, like uh, the filmmaking techniques though, there's no like bleach bypass color grading <laughs> throughout the entire thing or, you know, yeah. any of that stuff. So three is weird. And it is the start of this arc, if you mm. will, but mm. it still itself was like one foot in, yeah, you know, very not hokey filmmaking, but like what I'm trying to say, like um, dated, dated. Yeah, it yeah. was it's like well, it's, it's a chasing product, the it's a product of its era where you're like you go back and you watch a movie and you're like, oh, that's right. And, like and you 2003, have, every movie was green. Yeah, you, yeah. You couldn't have <laughs> though. You couldn't have the films we have now without those films. No, yeah. yeah. That, that's never really a knock on it. It's just like those type of techniques that existed back then that people were like, mm-hmm. oh yeah, we probably shouldn't do this anymore. Like those kind of things just exist. Well, it's kind of like going back through, you know, like your your aunt's yearbook or something, and she's you know in high school in the '80s, and mm-hmm. just the big hair, right? It's the yeah. same kind of idea of like where she's like, "Wow, like everyone did this. Why?" Well, and it's kind of like the the um, like the example in in the very first Mission Impossible with the the user interface, yeah, and like what mm-hmm. people thought. The it's gooey, like yeah, they, they did the, the technology to create GUIs and stuff was so new that they didn't know that it looked like garbage. Yeah, <laughs> they were just impressed by the fact that they could, they do, could it. do it. Yeah. So again, in Mission Impossible Three, which I think was two thousand five, that sounds six. right. Six, yeah, six, six. One of the two. Either way. Yeah, I think it was six. Either way, they had the technology to do the green and orange mm-hmm. color grading and the, the really high contrast yeah. stuff. They just didn't know at the time that, that this is going to be a good. fad. This isn't going to be a thing yeah. that carries. Whereas this feel mission impossible ghost protocol feels like one of the first movies that I remember seeing that feels like this is what modern action filmmaking is. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. This is like after 2010, this is like, it set the standard for yeah. like what a lot, how things should be shot. Get rid of the shaky cam. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We, we shoot it wide so we, you can see learned, it all happen. We learned the know. right lessons from born and not the wrong lessons. Yeah. yeah. And carried those through. I really like, I think the, the one thing about this film mm-hmm. that holds it back 
that when we're comparing like three, three and four, I keep going back to is yeah. we just we don't have the villain. Yeah, yeah. He's just yeah. He's, he's the villain in that. Like, like a, our villain here is really almost just a MacGuffin. He's just well, an object. If they could to have saved Philip acquired. Seymour Hoffman for this one. Oh man! If you actually look at it from the perspective of if this is going to be the, the team, most of the team moving forward, mm. then this was the this was the one that we didn't need a really strong villain. We needed a strong team, and we got to, to build. That's it true. Yeah. So yeah. we can. So then we can have stronger villains later on because we already have set up. All right. the characters. We've that got we the really chemistry, yeah. the building blocks are there. And that's that's fair. It's just again yeah. comparing it back to three where it's like that was such a good right. villain. Yeah. yeah. Um, okay, so since we're kind of wrapping up, I have one more piece of um, trivia yeah. that is pretty minor, and then we will shill for the Patreon and then we will As we do. wrap it up. Yeah. So this was this film came out in IMAX. I saw it in IMAX. There oh, was really? actually only thirty minutes of actual IMAX film in the whole whole movie. Mm. Is um, it all the, the um, It's all the Burj Khalifa stuff. Okay. Of course. Of course. <laughs> Where else would it be? Yeah, I mean Well like, I, I I question that just because like IMAX cameras are gigantic, so that's probably like even heavier to try like, to suspend. Why do you think they broke <laughs> they, all they, those windows? They, they yeah. broke it through the window and then had it strapped to the Yeah. Well, also you're like, it's like holding a tractor <laughs> off the side of a building. <laughs> you're it's like, not quite that you bad. Know, I really want to get like the, the perspective of how tall this building is. Slap the IMAX on it sideways, put it on there in portrait mode. Let's get the, the whole six bands. <laughs> Cinematographer's probably like, no, wait, wait. This is the scene with the IMAX cameras? <laughs> All right, so ship, ship those to Dubai. Yeah. Wait, what? We're gonna, <laughs> what? I'm going to need a lot of support. A lot of <laughs> <laughs> All right, so that does sound like we are wrapping up here. And But before we go, we do have to talk about the Patreon, which yeah. we do have. You can support the show for just as low as $1 a month. Yeah, it is literally the most direct way to support this show. We use your money to buy new equipment, to pay hosting fees, to do all sorts of great stuff. But it's not just for us. You also get access to all of our bonus episodes that we've ever done, and we've got some doozies out there. Guaranteed once a month. And we're going to do at least once a month. Sometimes we'll do more. Sometimes. I mean, we, we went out there, and yeah. we, we spent hard-earned patron money to uh, go buy a bunch of different drinks and do some soft drink taste test comparisons. Oh, yeah. yeah. I get a stomachache every time I, every, we mention I that one. I think about the stomach. She's like, <laughs> But I don't want to think about. We may the, have to do a chips episode. We don't. You don't know. Ooh, Ooh, yeah. Chips, yeah. chips would be good. Chips, chips could be good. good. Are Takis chips? Would you consider Takis? What chips? is a Takis? Those are like what the, are, How white are you, Stephen? It's like a little like I don't know Dorito flavored taquitos. stick. It's like a taquito. Yeah. yeah. Oh, it's like a dried taquito. I've yeah. actually never had those. I've never had those either. Oh, but you, you boys are missing a world of zesty oh, flavors. <laughs> So on top of bonus episodes, we also have uh, uh, movie commentaries that mm -hmm. we will basically Mystery Science Theater 3000 it yeah. and talk over the film. And you can listen along. You you have yeah. an episode right now you can go listen to Phantom Menace. Yeah. It's and available I'm for everyone feed. for yeah. free. Yeah. 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 And, you, and you just slap it on your own TV, however you have it, DVD, Blu-ray, LaserDisc, what I don't judge. Yeah. Put it up there. It, <laughs> you VHS. Can, yeah, no, you VHS. play the movie on your TV. You play the, the yeah, you, you podcast it, on our phone or whatever. podcast on your phone. Yeah. your speaker put a put a bluetooth ear piece in there and listen yeah. to it and it's just like we're there in the room with you yep. get your dad's old stereo system wheel it into the living room <laughs> hook us up so we're real loud yeah. now if you know one dollar is too much or you you know you just not don't want to do that that's totally fine yeah you can absolutely still support the show by giving us a review yeah by sharing us with friends Follow well, us on Spotify. Sp yeah, Spotify. Share us on social media whenever you see our posts. Like, mm -hmm. that would be fantastic. Just spread the word about our podcast. That would be great. 
greatly appreciated. Absolutely. That does sound like all the time we have this episode. So until next time, I'm Andrew. I'm Ryan. And I'm Stephen. And every spoiler was intended.